So this morning I really want to talk to you about Jesus' incredibly challenging ministry. As one of the exercises that I was doing with my local preaching course, I, I sat and listened to the whole of Mark in, in one sitting, and you really hear that there's two halves in Mark. The first half, for me, really showed Jesus as the, the healer and the miracle worker. And the second half, along with other things, really showed his incredibly challenging teaching. There's a phrase in Matthew that says, you have heard it said, but I say. And I think that sums up a lot of what will be coming up this morning. So first of all, that first reading that we heard from Geoffrey. So Jesus arrives back with the disciples. This is after the transfiguration. And he sees a, a crowd that are gathered, that are arguing around the disciples. There's a boy with an unclean spirit. And the disciples, no matter what they try, can't seem to heal him. But then Jesus comes forward. And we really see one of the other things that I saw come out in the second half of Mark. Where we see Jesus getting frustrated. He says again, talks about the disciples' lack of faith not relying completely on him and we do see him get frustrated at them and we do see him heal this boy and upon talking to the disciples afterwards he says that the only way that you can drive out spirits such as those the only way you can heal in that way was through prayer so relating this back to us what is Jesus saying? Well, when we have difficult situations, when there's no hope, what's our first response? Is it to call a family member or, or a friend and to ask for help and to ask for maybe a bit of sympathy or something? Or do we try and work it out for ourselves? Do we think, no, I, I think I know what to do with this one. I can, I can handle this. I don't need anybody else. I'll get through. And the father in this story, he, he clearly believes to some extent. But he says to Jesus, if you can. He doesn't say, you can. I know you can. Please help me. We can think about the woman uh, later on in Mark who through the, through the crowd comes up and simply knows that by touching the edge of Jesus' clothes that she will be healed. Her faith made her well. But the father in this occasion, he doubts. The disciples, they clearly haven't, haven't asked God for help either. Because when Jesus comes back to them, he says, why haven't you asked God in prayer? Why is our response not led by faith? Why is it not always prayer? Daniel in the lion's den, faced with death, prayed to his Father in heaven. If he can do it there, then surely we can do it in even the smallest 
of the problems that we face. So why can't we? I think it comes down to one question really. Do we take it literally? These challenging teachings that Jesus gives us. Do we take them literally or do we think it's figurative, it's suggestional, it's not meant to be taken at face value? There's a movement in the United States that was started by a man called Shane Claiborne. And it's called Red Letter Christianity. He's really taken on the, the evangelical movement because it's start, the evangelical movement starts to get attached to certain types of Christians, certain people who are taking things to extremes. He wants to take it back to the word. It's called Red Letter Christianity because, as I'm sure you've noticed, in some Bibles you see in the New Testament where we see Jesus' words, we see red type, we see red letters. And so Shane and his group, their idea was that they were going to live by those red letters. They were going to take those words of Jesus and live as close as they can to them. So they live away from everyone else. They live in their own, their own little place and they follow those words as close as they can. They take Jesus' words Literally. So it can be done. So should we be doing the same? In our second reading, we hear about this rich man who has everything and he says to Jesus that he follows the law to the letter. But he still doesn't feel secure and safe in his faith. And Jesus' response, sell everything you have, and give it to the poor. And he also utters the phrase that if you do that, you will have treasure in heaven. So if we know that selling all our stuff gives us treasure in heaven, then why haven't we done it all yet? We know that if we sell the things we have, everything we have and give it to the poor, Jesus has said in our text that we will have treasure in heaven. So why don't we always do it? Doubt? Fear? What did Jesus say to the disciples when they responded like this to him? Oh, you of little faith. When was the last time you sold everything you had? When was the last time you sold anything you had to give to the poor? When was the last time you stopped and gave money or your time or food to a homeless person in the street. Questions that make us uneasy, that make us uncomfortable. But there's a reason why Jesus wants us to think about them. Early this year I started teaching. Supply teaching and, and looking for more permanent work at the moment. But when you're a teacher, you have to set goals. You have to set goals for your children. Now they have to push those children. They have to really challenge them. But those aims and goals, they have to be achievable. You can't put something completely out of their reach. So is this the same as Jesus here? Has he set us challenging goals that are still in our reach? Or is it just about taking the general message from it? 
A lot of people would say that it's the message that comes through that's the most important thing in these readings. But again, is that really the case? I'd like to talk about a third section of Mark as well, where we see Jesus asked what is the greatest commandment. And his response, the most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and with all your strength. And love your neighbour as yourself. Nice and simplified. So surely one of the easiest commandments we see, surely one of the easiest ways of putting it. It's based on love. We can do love. Loving people. Loving God. That's easy, right? Wrong. The biggest misconception is that this replaces the law. But what it actually does, what Jesus actually does here, is he sums up the law. When he says to love God with all of ourselves, that sums up the first table, which is commandments one to four. And when he says you love your neighbour as yourself, it just sums up the second table of the law, the commandments five to ten. And I love, I love that we see this from Jesus. It's that kind of witty, edgy nature of him again that asks which is the best commandment. His answer is all of them. So what Jesus says upholds the law. So as well as everything Jesus challenges us with. We still have to keep the law too. Something that I think was summed up beautifully in the words of St. Francis in the hymn we just sung. Ultimately, we must die to self-will to receive our new self in Christ Jesus. Always putting God first, other people second, and ourselves last. But before we lose hope, and before we think, how can we ever live up to these, these ways of living that Jesus has put before us, let's remind ourselves of the ends of these first two readings. The first one, prayer is the answer to the most difficult of problems. And the second reading, after telling the man to sell his things, what is, in a way, repentance for his previous sin and his previous life, Jesus says, follow me. If we have done these things, repented of our old, old ways, followed Jesus, prayed as a reflex to adversity, then this third reading, this great commandment, will just come as a natural successor. Jesus' teaching is incredibly challenging. So don't relax. Don't think that it's going to be easy. Don't stop aiming for better today than yesterday and better tomorrow than today. 
but through the forgiveness of our sins. Through the Father's great love for us. Through following our Lord, Saviour and Friend, we can pass the test. Amen.